Hi. You guys want some cookies? 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 Umlaut, of course. It's a throwback podcast. Your guide to everything that matters to people born in exactly 1980. My name is Dan Hansis, joined as I always am by my bosom buddy, Bobby Castron. Hey, Bob. Spring break, baby! Yeah! Ah, yes. The immortal Nelly. <laughs> uh, ride with me off country grammar. Why, Bob? Why is this the first song we're playing today? Because we're going back to spring break 2001, Cancun, Mexico, baby. And I know immediately, special people, especially people who listen to this show, how dare you go on spring break after Tuesday? No, that's the thing. We wouldn't have done it. Never. This is pre-Tuesday. Pre-Tues. March. I believe it was like March 18th to the 24th or 25th, 2001. Bob went, uh, you know, you were in Towson in Maryland. Um, I was at Northeastern in Boston. We had our buddy. um, Was Brian our buddy in Towson at that point or was he in Fredonia in upstate New York? I think Brian was at Towson. Our buddy Greg and from Greg. Bapson. Yep. He had his buddy Vinsanity also from that Vinsanity. business school who joined us. And we all got on a rickety plane and went to goddamn Mexico. Because MTV hammered it into our heads that if you're in college in the late 90s, early 2Ks, you got to go to Cancun, Mexico. Absolutely. No brainer. And we did. And um, because we are who we are, and you, if you listen to the show, understand we are nerds at heart. We're music nerds at heart. It was a very big deal for any trip that we went on that we would have a mixed CD. But Bob, this was so important, the spring break trip that we were so excited for. I think you were already 21 at this point. I was. but And I would have turned 21 the next month. But I guess Mexico drinking age must have been like eleven, seven, yeah, nine. We were five. Uh, Tuesday, and uh, so we were pumped about that. This was a double disc. Uh, That's a lot. And here's the good news: uh, as the curator of the mixes, typically I saved the ball. And last year I quietly digitized them and put them on Spotify. Dude Trip Cancun 2001, <laughs> 38 tracks of the oh my God. essential songs in our lives at that moment. And today's episode, uh, we'll be breaking it down. Oh my God. That's so many songs. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize it was that many. <laughs> but we've told this. But yes, you do though, Bob. I know. What, what if you were a college kid in the early 2000s, you either had the, um, the Maxwell 74, I believe it was. Or if you were fancy, you got the Maxwell 80. And we got two Maxwell 80s, and that allowed us to we were load it all, up we were going with all out. 18, 19 tracks a disc. Yep. And the way that we would do it, just a refresher for people listening who know everything about us. Back when it was cassettes, we would pass the cassette tape around from hand to hand. You weren't allowed to go back to listen to what the song was before. 
Not we had allowed. to just add the next song to the mix, and we would do that before going to Wildwood, New Jersey, or Ocean City, uh, Maryland. That's how we would do the cassettes. But when it came time to burn a CD, we would have to give Dan our songs in private. Nobody else knew. You'd hit me up there on Bono Man 2000 at I would, AIM. I would AIM. I would IM Bono Man <laughs> Buffoon 2000. Buffoon 668 would hit Bono Man 2000. Yep. And uh, be like, here are my songs. Put them in and get ready to fucking party. It was an incredible uh, level of um, sophistication uh, to move from mixtapes to CDs. I had recently gotten my desktop um, or my mom had bought it for me. Um, and took it to school. And when I realized that the CD tower had the ability, I'll just, it changed my life. And I was so excited to make these CDs. It sounded so good to be able to make your own sequence CD. It, it was mind blowing technology at the time. The and, fact that you could make a CD. And now it's like, if you're listening to music and you're going on a vacation with your friends, it's like, oh, someone just bring their like mini Bose speaker. With every song that exists. But that wasn't going to happen right. in Mexico. We were saying it's such a shithole. That I don't even remember if it, I guess it had electricity, but it certainly didn't have anything to play the music. So I remember ask. It was so important that this this double CD was something that we could really enjoy. That I asked my college roommate Josh, uh, who had these very expensive computer speakers, uh, if I could borrow them and take them to Mexico. Um, and they were very fragile, and there was all you know. It was the type of things where like the speakers where you had to like wrap the wire the actual coil around the the, um Mm -hmm. the metal to to make it operational uh and he you know to his credit said sure just don't break them and uh, i think they fell at one point um but i got them back to him in one piece and that allowed us to just really blast these songs uh throughout the trip in mexico which a lot of shit happened including bob almost being arrested right um which we'll get to But here are the songs. And I think, Bobby, I think the best way to go through this is just to go, like, through it. We're not going to listen to 38 songs, but we're just going to, you and I, it was so there was, what, four of us? Yeah, we did not let Vinsanity add songs. No, Vinsanity did not go near the mix. No. And so, In fact, I barely remember him being there. I know he stayed with he us. He was there. He was there. Yeah. But we each got, you know, do the math, like, nine songs each, and... um We'll stop whenever a song jumps out to us. Do you remember like what was your musical state of mind in the spring of 2001? I was the most 2001 college student that I could be, I think, at that point (laughs) in life. Like I... That has to mean OAR is on this somewhere. There's no way they're not on this. Like that's when I was hitting my OAR... I don't think Guster's on here. I I would hope not because I was never that into them. But it's like that era of music on top of just uh, the nineties nostalgia that was holding tight. And uh, we've thought, said it a million times. It was the worst era of music. So you had to search for good things. So I, I'm guessing the worst era of mainstream music. Yes. yes the radio mainstream rock. So I'm guessing I had a lot of 90 songs and uh, deeper dives that were ready to get the party started. Cause we would listen to this stuff while pre-gaming. Right. And getting ready. Post-gaming. Post-gaming. It would just be on in the hotel room. I just remember it, it was really like the hotel was gnarly. It was disgusting. I, out of nowhere, remembered the name of the hotel just now. Oh, uh, Marisol or something? Girasol. Oh, Girasol. <laughs> the Girasol. And Girasol was such a shithole that 
Play music. Let's talk about it because we have a lot to say about it. (laughs) Um, it, But I just want to say like the bathroom had no action. There was a window opening, but it was like a Flintstone window. Yes. And I remember thinking to myself like, you know, any locals could easily pilfer everything in this room, including Josh's speakers that I brought here. (laughs) It was a sight of nerves. Anyway, uh, for me, like when I think about 2001 and Bob, you remember me as a boy. Pre-2000. Well, pre-Tuesday. Pre-Tues is what I'm saying. Pre-Tues, pre-Tues. Um, when I think of 2001, especially this time, early 2001, it was incredibly, Bob, incredibly important to me, um, that you two put out an album that people cared about like a few months earlier. So even before I looked at the track listing here, I knew I was going to be way invested in having uh, all that you can't leave behind singles (laughs) on this. And then I, I took it one step further before I even put the CD and I said, well, if I made this, that means I took the number one slot. Of course. So absolutely, that means old cute Danny boy had to roll with elevation. <laughs> of course. There was no there was no stopping this from happening. Elevation, Bob. We covered this album a couple of years ago. Um, but it's just so funny to me. It's like I know exactly this how This is how this. we get Cancun started. And if I, I, I will also say, if we did two CDs, that means that left Dan completely obsessed with you two and this album in this time of my life, with another opportunity to put a single on this. I wouldn't be surprised if I put a U2 song on this, despite everything. Um, so this is Elevation. We've talked about this. The rocker of the era. Hasn't aged as well, this song, to me. Well, it wasn't good at the time, either. I loved it. <laughs> I, I think, like, when I hear this song, I think about, like, now, with time perspective is this the way the regular version this is the original version yeah i don't know it sounds different to me you're thinking of the tomb raider mix box oh thank you yeah but this was like in retrospect this was like a bunch of like guys that were 40 being like well we need the song to start the concert tour and it's like bono think of something i got you guys elevation <laughs> and it was sure enough the it kicked off that tour every show yeah um, but you know what? I'm not going to fault you too hard. If you want to like crack open a Corona in Cancun, that's not the worst song to start your uh, pregame to. No, it's not far from their best song. But again, I no, can't, no, that is their best song. I can't, I cannot express to you how important it was to me at that time in my life that they had put out an album that had like songs that were on the radio and right. were on MTV. I was so proud of that band that and, didn't know who I was. And you didn't even know what was coming, what they had in store. Why? What do you mean? Come September, how they were going to get <laughs> even more number one hits. You had no idea what they were fucking plotting that whole right. time. If you're a veteran band and like you're around 20 years, you need to really have a master plan to stick in the, in, in people's like um, view. Right. And what Bob contends is that, it wasn't enough to have a couple catchy singles. No, they needed to plan the worst attack on American soil since Pearl Harbor. And they did it to sell records and it worked. I don't, I don't think this happened, but I mean, the red string is all over the place. There's it's everywhere. All right. So let's move on. 
Good job, guys. I'm still proud of you for that record. <laughs> They're not listening. They <laughs> don't were, know. They were not born in Nigeria. Larry Mullen Jr. could be listening right now. Larry's not. We have no Larry listeners. If you're a Larry and you're listening, tweet us right now. Um, all right. You oh, heard here this it is. The top. Yeah. Ride with me. Nelly featuring City Spud. City Spud doesn't get the pop. I didn't know City Spud was involved. He doesn't get the pop. Do you want to hear a little more of this? No, we don't have to. No, we're good. We heard it. Yeah. Um, but this was like the kind of this single was, that was popping off at that time. I would say this was like, there's maybe a couple coming up, but this was the song of Cancun. Like when you went out every night, Yes. you would hear it 37 times. It's funny how those things stick you. We went a couple years late. Well, it would have been like six years later. We went to a bachelor party in Vegas. And remember, we heard Umbrella by Rihanna. Right. Featuring Jay-Z. Everywhere you went, including yeah. at like the valet spot. And then you go in the casino, it's playing there. Then you go to the clubs, it's playing there. Yeah. Uh, that was that song of the summer in 07. And Ride With Me was certainly like then. Okay, let's move on. Uh, and that would have been our buddy Greg, who uh, we're going to get to it, was holding it down on the hip hop side. Thank God. Um, here is Oh, this next. is This has got to be my first pick. So Bob had the third overall pick. There in we the go. Draft. And I'm starting with Supergrass. Super grass, yes, pumping on your stereo. Let's listen to this one. this song it's a great song oh man i love supergrass i feel like this was definitely uh this is definitely in a todd phillips movie wasn't it is this in road trip i I would assume it's in road trip yeah it feels like it should have been i feel like there's an overhead shot of the car driving and the song's playing in the film i have like a I'm almost certain of it. I'm almost certain that I'm the only person who went to Cancun listening to Supergrass. <laughs> From my memory of all like the meathead. Are you trying to make yourself seem singular? Not at all. I'm just saying out of all the, I remember everybody being a meathead showed. Oh, yes. And I don't think any of them were into like deeper cut Britpop. No, I, I would think that in general, what people are going to learn here is that uh, we didn't fit. We didn't really fit. We did not fit. No, it's kind of funny that we were even in Cancun, quite frankly. Well, it makes sense why we went, but we were sold a Cancun on MTV spring break for years. Right. Like it was every spring as like a high schooler. And then when you were in college, you would watch these like crazy people having so much fun with Jenny McCarthy in the crowd passing the mic around and crazy Jerry Springer's hosting like Springer break. And there's all these like crazy things. Happening. Dallas is there. I Dallas is there. John Sencio is you there. You know, it's a big deal because Sencio and I Dallas are hosting club MTV. Oh, Eric Neese, the people grinding, the grind is happening over there. I mean, it was the place to be. So by the time we got there, I think that everybody, the grind, is that a problematic <laughs> show title in 2023 
I think everybody who was born in exactly 1980 who grew up like we did was like, I got to go to spring break. I got to fucking I gotta do it. A girl. I got to do it. And it was all dudes <laughs> that spent the six months prior not going to class and just doing dumbbell curls. And that's it. No, no leg days, just dumbbell curls. Oh yeah, a lot of beach muscles. And then they showed up at Cancun ready to fight, ready to fuck, and ready to not listen to Supergrass. But not us. If they even knew <laughs> that Supergrass was coming out of our Pueblo, sort of fucking stomping. Our easily impenetrable Pueblo. All right, here we go. Uh, up next, uh, Across the Sea by oh, Weezer wow. off Pinkerton. Weird. I mean, great song. Which, this would have been a Brian pick, um, yep. who's our ska punk friend. And, you know, this is off the, you know, Pinkerton's kind of, it's it's getting a little weirder now. With oh, time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because it went from the, um, the totally dismissed follow-up, huge disappointment, to this adored underground adored record to now in this modern uh culture we live in right it's like all the songs are about him wanting to fuck like japanese teenagers yeah like this song in particular is about exactly that but also like the tired of sex why bother kind of vibe of like the way he's treating women and sex it's definitely not it's very like john mayer in 2010 the uh sensibility yeah, but I but mean, not as a musically. I mean, just in how John Mayer dated at the time. Right. It's a new generation listening for the first time and finding problems and things with an old with a forty. I hope that's not happening with Pinkerton. I I'm more pointing out like how it's something if people were to pay. It's like like if people like uh, wanted to cancel Howard Stern, they just could just dig through. It'd be his the archive. easiest thing in the world, right? If they really wanted to do it, they could. If you if you really want to. And it's actually not a bad idea, by the way, because we need Weezer to stop putting out albums. No, like every I, fucking month. Well, yeah, that was bad. But don't cancel Weezer for Pinkerton. I don't want to cancel Weezer, but if there's a way that Weezer could be canceled from putting out horrible albums, <laughs> um, in Rivers' uh, brain injury uh, era, uh, that would be good. I can't really argue with that. All right, so here is so that was the first pass through the group of us, and now it's back to me. And that was that was also Brian doing his thing, where like he likes ska and punk, but he knew that we would all appreciate that one, right. so he threw a Especially bone. Especially you and Greg, he threw us a bone to start. All right. All right, so one of the cool things about listening to this, listening to these old mixes, if you have self-awareness about like where you were in your life, when you guys went away to college and I stayed uh, in our home county for two years and went to a local school, yep. I had nothing else to do really but hang out with my dog and I discovered classic rock. Right. And when I was 19, 20, into 21, but it was, especially when I was like 19, I'll always remember it was Beatles, Stones, Springsteen. I got John Mellencamp's fucking greatest hits. <laughs> um, and 
Tom Petty when I, you know, that was just like a love affair when I when I got Tom Petty's greatest hits. One of the, I would say the greatest greatest hits ever. Definitely. Because not only is it unbelievable, uh, the singles that he put out from the '70s to the early '90s, the new songs, quote unquote, that usually are filler on a greatest hits. This was one of them. Yeah. And check we, out. Do we have to cancel Tom Petty for the necrophilia video? <laughs> Is he canceled? Uh, it better not be. Check out. We did the Wildflowers album on this show. We also did a show right after Tom Petty died in 2000. Shit, when was that? 17? 18? I can't believe I was at the last Tom Petty concert. He died two days later. That's insane. Crazy. Anyway, so anyway, so this is my pick because uh, all these, I highly, like, and I will suggest it to my own sons uh, eventually, and they'll say, go away. It's a horrible idea. If you never had a classic rock phase, go dig into the crates. Yeah. Because it's, it's quite a ride when you, like, uh, get in touch with all these artists and, like, for me, when I hear this, it makes me think of being 20 years old and just being head over. It was Springsteen stood out above everyone else for me. Like He really like grabbed me, but Petty was kind of right there, too. Classic rock for our kids, though, it's going to be like Delamitri. <laughs> like, it's not the Delimitri. same. Delamitri. <laughs> um, the next song is, uh, again, um, Greg was our hip-hop guy, and God bless him. Uh, we've actually discussed this song before, but I think it's... I'm pretty sure it's the best song ever, <laughs> so we can never ever discuss it enough. Okay. Yeah. I can drink a whole oh yes. Some call that a problem, but I call yeah. it a Exhibit make the whole continent shift. Yeah. Invade your territory in a blaze of glory. A soldier story. I pivot your ride. But instinct, bitch niggas continue to floss and listen, and I'ma just continue to float. We're rocking the boat. Probably smoke three hundred thousand dollars in dope. Get your walk on. Yeah, you gotta bring it back up for the chorus. Uh, we were not hip hop guys. Yeah. Correction, we weren't until this single was released. I know. We fucking loved this song. <laughs> I want to try something about it. I found this. Um, Great playlist. Um, I think we've talked about this before. If you have to do some writing, uh-huh. it's good to have some like kind of not busy music behind you. Right. Um, and one genre of music that kind of has, has worked for me and is classical music, Bob. Oh, you're a classical guy now. Sometimes, okay. When I just need, when I really need to write those 137 words on the Atlanta Falcons, right? I might put on Bach. Okay. But why don't I use this classic while I read some lyrics from "Get Your Walk On"? Okay. I 
I can drink a whole Hennessy fifth. Some call that a problem, but I call it a gift. Exhibit made the whole continent shift. Invading your territory in a blaze of glory. A soldier story living off nothing but instinct. Bitch and words continue to floss and lip sync. And I'm just going to continue to flow while rocking the boat. Probably smoke $300,000 in dope. That's a lot of dope. And I, I, I do that, Bob, as an example to show you need sometimes lyrically. Now it sounds like a poem, doesn't it? It sounds like poetry. It's beautiful. And it, what Exhibit was trying to do was to dress up his poetry in some hard hip hop. But we see the beauty within what he was trying to do ultimately. And I just want to say that, like, I see you, X. Be yourself. Don't be afraid to show that sensitive side. Even though you dropped the uh, F-bomb multiple times, the slur for homosexuality. <laughs> multiple times in the song. Oh, does he? I didn't really know. He does, that. multiple times. Yeah. Well, I didn't choose that excerpt. Good move. Good move. I don't Smart. Think, yeah, I don't think Bach would have liked that. Bach actually was a real piece of shit. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Very homophobic as hell, Bach was. Huh. The Bach estate comes for us. <laughs> Out um, of everything we've ever said. All right. Was, <laughs> by the way, we've never contributed anything to pop culture on this podcast, but I think what you just did could be the first thing we've done that reaches a bigger audience in terms of juxtaposing rap lyrics to classical music. I feel like more people need to do that to I kind of so. truly appreciate what's happening. I mean, you know what? Maybe, Bob, when we get to another song that really lyrically re like speaks to you. Okay. I'm going to send you the classic. It's called Classical Bangers, uh, the playlist on Spotify. Is that your playlist? No. Why? Somebody else has. Somebody else has Somebody else same. overuses the word bangers? <laughs> Wait, is this me? No. You? No, it is you. It is you. Okay. You're off to a great start in this mix. I mean, I was just playing to the crowd here. I knew what I was doing. Before I play this chorus, I want people to understand him not hitting the high note is what makes it beautiful. For sure. Who sucked out the feeling? Who sucked out the feeling? Where'd you go now that everybody knows? Oh, yeah. Um, I think that that also, like, that choice by Superdrag on Sucked Out, my favorite Buzzbin song of the Alternative Nation era. So I went Supergrass to Superdrag. Yeah, that's interesting. All right. Um, that is a very 90s move. Because there's like, if if it was some, I don't know, Rush or something. Right. The whole thing would be about that note. But the 90s aesthetic is to be like, no, not only can I not hit it, 
this is what's real. Oh, and I could see his ugly face in the video, just like purposely like not hitting it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is uh, this might be like my favorite like alternative rock song of the nineties. I mean, it's so like, good. Straight alternative rock. I think in the one hit wonder category, it definitely has to be in contention. Going back to like why I would put this song on the mix, you have to think back to the era. None of us, nobody really had the super drag CD. No, 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 no. So this was the Napster era of like, oh, these songs that you kind of are not getting played on the radio anymore. Now we can pull them back up and throw them on a mix. That was impossible to do for like five solid years. And now it was back. Yes. If, if I, and I have the CDs here, I still have the CD. Um, the double CD, that version, although maybe we didn't notice, probably has way worse sound quality because it was. It was taken yeah. off Napster. If it wasn't Napster, it would have been LimeWire. Lime right. That's where I got it. And uh, for me, I never had the CD, but I had a VHS tape of all my favorite alternative rock videos that I would tape. And I have, I still have that tape somewhere that has the video for Sucked Out. Buzzbin classic. Yep. All right. Up next, the Get Up Kids. I'm a loner, Dottie. Ooh, I a like rebel. The one of those bands that Brian introduced me to that I loved. This album uh, was something to write home about. It has so many good songs on it if you're into like that punk pop, ska, not ska, but the punk pop of like the late 90s. It's so good. Action in Action was one of my favorite songs in college. Yeah, uh, Brian was our source for this whole kind of underground scene. I think he had a Get Up Kids t-shirt. He had all the t-shirts. He had all the... He was the, the leader in the clubhouse when it came to band t-shirts. He had an amazing Less Than Jake shirt that... Uh, we still reference to this day. Still reference. It was... Uh, it was less... It was an animation of the Less Than Jake dude with like a, a gorilla, I want to say. It was like Less Than Jake. No, it was just a dude, but it was like a skinny dude. Right. Less Than Jake. More Than Jake. No, then a regular Jake. And, and then, then more... Parentheses, much, much more, more than Jake. Yeah, fat dude. Yeah. Like it. Great t-shirt. Great t-shirt. Great great guy, Brian. R.I.P. No? We'll see you in another world. Oh, he's still alive. <laughs> he's still with us. Okay, okay good, good, good. Whew. See you soon, Brian. Um, all right. This is kind of history on the mix, Bob. Um, this, I'm almost certain, is the first hip-hop song I ever put on one of our mixes. We started making them about 97, so this is about four years later, and this is a great college hip-hop banger. Maybe one of my favorite hip-hop songs ever. Okay. 
Oh, home run. You did it. I'm pretty proud of myself. Is 42-year-old Dan is yeah, this pumping right now. This is one of the best ever. I mean... This it's, is little, it's annoying that Andre 3000 tried to be an actor. Actor, Let's admit it. Can we admit it now? I mean, it barely made a blip. So I, I'm not even annoyed by it. But it's, it's like, just, that's it? Like, where, did Outkast ever put out another album? After well, the uh, well, Love Below album with Hey Ya? That was the end. That's it? Yeah. It was like almost 20 years ago. Yeah, they're done. I mean, I would like... I feel like there's never been like a really definitive explanation as to what happened. Like they're always kind of like, yeah, we just like clearly they were done with each other. But right. like, I want to like know the details. You know, because how have they not reunited for like Coachella? I was going to say, right. Uh, I was thinking of Coachella specifically when you said that, like I saw the lineup come out. And I'm not going to shit on the lineup of Coachella because listen, we're fucking old. And that's just the way it is. Right. Like, we're not going to know. We don't have our finger on the pulse in that way. Um, but man, could Coachella use like, or any festival use Outcast on top? Yeah. Like that's how, when we were in our twenties, it was like whatever. Oh, I love this part. This is actually sneaky, profound. This whole thing. Oh yeah. We say it's Um, remember when we were in our 20s and the festivals had uh, the police got back together? Right. Like, oh, fucking police are back together. Pixies. Pixies are back right. together. That little moment right there yeah. is what made Outcast. Outcast. Andre 3000. The whole thing. I mean, like yeah. this song was like a lightning bolt. Like it was, I remember hearing it at Towson just being like, holy shit, this is so yeah. good. It just stood out as different. It stood out as different. everything. And that little moment, I think, is what makes the song extra special. Yeah, it's, you're right. It's, it's just different. Everything's great about it. Love it. This is one of Dean's favorite songs. Is it? Yeah. That's good. All these years later, it holds up. That's good because, yeah, let's get him... If he's gonna like, he's in a big hip hop hip hop phase, right? He's a kid. Yep. Because like, we don't want him to be, for instance, really connecting with "Get Fucked Up" by Icons. No, that's not ideal. But Miss Jackson by Outkast, great. <laughs> Which is here's the thing, Dean can't know this. This is fucking awesome. It's true. <laughs> How do you know Dean's not listening to this podcast at this point? I don't. Except for the fact that it's He's two a very guys. Curious child. But it's also like two guys in their forties talking about mostly rock music. You. He hears me enough. I don't think he needs to hear me more. Yeah, but he likes to know things. You know what I mean? He's a curious child. Don't you mm-hmm. think he's curious about dad's podcast? Not really. I don't think he is. Does it, wait, he knows for a fact that we talk about stuff from our youth as well. Kinda, yeah. I don't think he really. I feel like we've talked about that with. Him. I don't think he's put too much thought into what we do here. I, I like that you're burying this. He's probably listened to every episode. Hey, Dean. That'd <laughs> be horrifying. <laughs> but that, I mean, that goes for my own boys. Not right now, but shit. 
This is kind of a living document. It is. And I want to tell like Cancun stories as we get a little deeper into this and I'm drinking bourbon. So I'm ready to like unleash. So I really hope Dean doesn't. Can we password this. protect this podcast? Dean, stop listening. Does that work? Yeah, close Kids enough. listen, right? Um, all right. This is Icons uh, Get Fucked Up. This is our buddy Greg. Uh, his pick. Uh, Greg was... Well, Greg contains multitudes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Greg uh, loved Oasis. Oh, Greg, loved Oasis. Greg Quick. loved uh, certain... Weezer. Weezer. Everclear. Big Everclear Everclear. Fan. He's the only person I knew who had the Dog's Eye View CD. He had the Dog's Eye View... F- fucking cd uh but he also was a major hip-hop head and back in this time as i have established you know i'm alternative rock guy got into classic rock hip-hop was all around me to the point where maybe at the time i wasn't a huge fan of all this hip-hop being on these cds but now i've come to respect and appreciate that greg has these songs on these mixes because it gives it much needed balance a Right. And B, it really does uh, establish a place in time in life because this was, we were the first generation where hip hop was the dominant pop music. Like, we were the first generation where that was, it wasn't, it was not even a question. We saw the turn. We were the first, we were the generation where it turned. Right. Like, when I tell Dean, like, pop music in 93 was like Smashing Pumpkins and Nirvana and. Pearl Jam, he's like, wait, that's pop music? That's not pop music. I'm like, no, that was on the pop music stage. It's so foreign to him that there would be huge rock bands. Right. So, yeah, we saw the turn. And I remember at the time when these songs would come on as we were playing Asshole in our hotel room, our shitty hotel With room. the cockroaches at the, the size Soul. of uh, small poodles. Yep. Uh, I just remember just like, just fucking biting down on my teeth and just waiting till the hip hop ended so we could listen to more bands that have the word super in the title like the eels or the eels i'm just i'm just doing the road trip soundtrack here at this point wait isn't this the same as the other song it's not the same wait a second wait this was the song on the road trip this soundtrack. was definitely on the road trip soundtrack <laughs> but we're maybe supergrass was Pump too. It on the stereo and this song definitely have if, if the, we had like a musical scientist here, he would add some information that would connect dots on these songs having a similar sonic highway. They are both on the Road Trip soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> you really like that movie, Bob. You know what's funny, too? Because the guy from Road Trip. Who's that fucking guy? Brecken? Oh no, Wait, the one that you hate you know or the one that you love? About. Brecken Meyer, who you love, or the guy that you hated? The guy, because <laughs> he reminds you of me. No, all right, yes. Yeah, so let's break that down. The guy that played Ruben Carver, <laughs> um, his name is Paolo C- Costanzo, and he showed up in a bunch of stuff in that era. I think he was uh, in this friend spinoff, Joey. He was like Joey's was. roommate, yeah, or brother, yeah, something like that. I feel like his character in Road Trip is. Kind of who you were aspiring to be at that time in your life. <laughs> I wasn't aspiring to be. But the reason I didn't like him wasn't because of that. It was like if you took what Bob represented on some level at that time was like, but then strip away anything likable or any dimension to him, that what would be left is Paolo Costanza's <laughs> character, Reuben Carver. Like thank, the worst version of Bob. Thank you. Because he does remind me in that movie of you in some ways, 
But the things that make me not like him is not. <laughs> it's very. It's really complex. It's, it's really layered. hard to. Yeah, it's very like, layered. The reason I don't like that character. In fact, he really. He really fucking grates me. I would say if movie. you had to make a list of like the characters from <laughs> fictional characters you hate the most, he's going to be on that list. Oh, he is at the top of the list. So the fact that he reminds me of you would seem to speak to something going on. But I think what it is, it was like, what would happen if everything went wrong for Bob? It would be that guy. You know that new uh, Colin Farrell movie where it's about like two like long-term like best friends and one day Colin Farrell shows up at the guy's house and he's like, no, I just don't want to hang out with you anymore. And it sends Colin Farrell into like an existential crisis. I think once you realize what that thing is right. that makes you hate that character, that's going to be the end of our friendship. Like once you can put your finger on it, one day I'm just going to show up to the podcast and you're going to be like, no, not doing it. All right. And if people don't know what I'm talking you're gonna, about. You're going to banshees me. <laughs> it was Ruben Carver. Played by Paolo Constanza. <laughs> he was a joint with an old man in Road Trip. Oh, he loved weed in Road Trip. That was like his thing. I want to smoke. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't sound like that. <laughs> I can't sleep either. Goddamn Viagra gets my heart racing like a lab rat. <laughs> Are you okay? You look kind of goofy. <clears throat> no, no, it's nothing. Come on out with it. I see you here. Okay. Well, I almost died two days ago. What? Our car exploded. Yeah, I could be dead right now. And since that happened... I find myself asking why. Oh, fuck. You know? I mean, it's a very it's like, a big moment in this guy's life. It makes sense he would ask why. What is my reason for living? Are you going to pass that doobie or what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is about his character, Bob. Well, once you, once you figure it out, it's all over. I hope that's not true, Bob, because that would be <laughs> kind of tragic. Um, all right, up next. We're at track 12, by the way. <laughs> so we'll be here for We're moving at a decent... Clip. I wouldn't say a great clip. Um, I'm going to keep kind of rolling here a little bit. This is actually I like this one. Here we go. Name it, Bob. I don't know if I can. This is the last lie I told by Saves the Day. Okay. All right, I'm going to keep moving here. Yeah, I was never, never into those dudes. The aforementioned Dan Hansis classic rock <laughs> awakening. <laughs> Once again, nobody else listening to Paperback Writer in Cancun 01. Right, like every other Pueblo at this horrible hotel was playing Nelly, Limp Bizkit, Creed. Oh, yeah. Um, mystical. Kid Rock, but not the song with Sheryl Crow. Right. And then Paperback Writer by the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, let's keep moving. Hold on. Can we go? Just to paint the picture a little bit more. Number one, the reason we were at the Shithole Hotel was because we did one of these like spring break packages. Because like there would be all As of... As everyone did, yeah. Yeah. There would be like these uh, spring break companies that would come to the student union to try to get kids to sign up to oh. like... God. These guys are good. When I bought the number one CD, 27 tracks, like, oh, these guys are really good. Turns out. They're like one of the better bands. I remember thinking that to myself. Good. That's a good thought. For... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we ended up like signing up for this thing where whatever the company was, 
where it's like the full package where they're like, we're putting you on this shit plane with everybody else that signed up. And then it's not like a normal. You know, the plane wasn't safe. Do you remember the plane? Because it wasn't like a normal plane. There were like twice as many seats in it. You want to hear a a crazy pre-Tuesday story, by the way? Mm -hmm. Um, um, I brought my passport. We all went to Greg's house before the limo picked us up. Yeah, we went to the limo. George Washington Bridge. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Pretty cool. Um, Probably part of the package. No, I think we just got that because we're cool. That was so cool. No, wait. I think it was part of the package. Um, And... uh, we were sitting waiting for the limo to it come. Was, it was one of those packages where they literally like pick you up in a limo and then they put you on like the bottom level of a cargo plane. Right. And yeah. it's like they know these idiot kids. Once they see limo, they're like, oh, limo Cancun in. in. And then everything else is horrible. <laughs> um, but I remember flipping open my passport and I had went with my family on this like uh, family trip for my grandparents 50th anniversary to Ireland. And we like toured the countryside and all this and we, I got the passport in 1996, and uh, five years later it expired in 2001, like a week before the trip. And I remember looking down at the passport and being like, "Holy shit, my passport is expired." And uh, didn't matter; they just put us on the plane anyway. Well, jokes on you. You didn't need a passport to go to Mexico back then. I didn't even have one. Pre Tuesday. Pre Tuesday. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So they put us up. What, what song are we listening to? This is uh, Annie Up featuring Bussa Bus, M.O.P. And I always thought they said Elliot, but it's actually Annie Up. I like this one. Yeah, it's a banger. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. yeah. So the plane, I just remember being disgusting and overpacked. Uh, it had to be so dangerous and delayed. I think there were problems with even getting off the ground. I think we had to like go back to the gate. I, I just remember there being problems to even get in the air. And, and we then, all had our like cute, like fake Oakley sunglasses. We we're so excited for this. So trip. excited. Uh, we landed in Cancun and got on another shuttle. No more limos. Now it's like shuttles. No, we're post. We're no, post limo. Now we're like Firefest time. We the, we have left the station. <laughs> the limos are gone. And they shuttle us like past the six nice hotels to the. If we would have paid, I'm sure if we would have paid like eleven dollars more, we could have gone to one of those. But we were like, no, nope, a lot of money to go around. We'll get the bronze package or whatever it was. We we were certainly not like poor kids, but we were very kind of. Yeah. I remember like. I don't know. How much do you think we spent on that trip? In the hundreds. Right. Definitely not a thousand or more. I didn't like, really have, yeah, I didn't yeah. have a lot of savings or anything. It, it had to be around a thousand bucks, right? I would think less. I, w- I bet you like the package itself was like $400 if I had to guess. With airfare? Yeah. For like airfare in a hotel and then you're just paying for everything else. Right. So we probably all in probably like 600 bucks. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Well, yeah. You get what you pay for. You get what you pay for. And, uh, we landed at the Gerasol, and that day, well, that couldn't have been that day. Right around that time, we received the news, the tragic news, Dan. Oh, shit. The extremely tragic news. Yeah. Well, yeah. The yeah. number three. Number three. Babe Ruth. Nope. <laughs> oh, different number three. Dale Earnhardt. Dale Earnhardt. A 
tragically passed we away. We lost Dale. We lost Dale. Dale died in the Indy 500. Right. On s- that on a, it's probably on a Sunday. Right? Maybe a Tuesday. Who knows? Maybe. Could have been. Another board. Probably not a Tuesday. Weird time for a NASCAR race. And uh, I guess one of us for uh, our, our plane ride got a magazine that had a lot of Dale Earnhardt. It was Earnhardt. an SI. It was a commemorative <laughs> issue. A lot of Dale Earnhardt coverage right, in it. Stick a pin in that. Of course. Because I want to play a game here for the listeners. And I don't want you to think this is being critical of is Everclear. The, is the game How Great Is This Song? Uh, the game for this Everclear song, Here We Go Again, is called Find the Chorus. <laughs> Seems like it's being made. needs a chorus have we found the chorus yet no it's not there yet it's coming up and it's good all right here's the chorus okay here we go no almost all right here's the chorus here we go no it's not here here yet no it's not time yet All right, here it comes. Now it's coming. Here it comes. Now. No, this is a bridge. No, this is the chorus. Eating Chinese food. This is not a chorus. Here we go again. That was not a chorus. Yeah. Here we go again. Here we go again. Oh, shit. Great song. No. Great album. Great song. This was the problem with Everclear. I'm the world's biggest Everclear fan. If you you listen to any of these follow-up singles, it's like, why does this sound so familiar? And it's all the same fucking song. It's all good. Like, I hear three other Everclear songs, and I like the three songs. (laughs) Like, I'm not an Everclear hater. I I really like, like, three Everclear songs. (laughs) But then the other seven Everclear songs people know... Are all those three songs? Well, this just... isn't a song anybody knows. I don't know why I put this on here. I it mean, was I was single. Have... I'm sure. I don't think it was. I think I was just really feeling it. Was this on that the dopey album with the uh, AM radio? Yeah, on this it? is the AM radio album. I don't think this that is was a, a single. tough one. That was kind of the end for Everclear. That was the end radio. for Everclear. Because they were all in on the... even the record company bought in. Wasn't that a really no, expensive video? And that like... had Wonderful and AM radio, which was a hit. And then that was that was well, the Wonderful end. was a hit. Wonderful was a hit. But, AM radio, but I think wonderful was, was exactly the same as I will buy you a new house or whatever. It's I will buy you a new life. And yes, he will buy you a new house as part of your new life, obviously. But he will not buy you that cheeseburger at the airport. You could have the hamburger, but he's not paying the extra <laughs> 79 cents oh, to make it a up. cheeseburger. That is fucked up. <laughs> Tell the story again. No, that's a fucked up reference. Tell it. Tell it. <laughs> a listener... Uh, <laughs> tweeted us or emailed us to tell us the story of seeing Everclear at the airport and watching as Art Alexakis doled out like $20 bills to the three band members so they can get themselves food before they got on the airplane like a dad. 
handing his kids some money to go keep themselves busy. Like a busy. scoutmaster. Like a scoutmaster. This is Everclear. They had so many big hits. I know. I don't even like that story. I don't like it. All right, here we go. Some early Jimmy Eat World. Your new aesthetic off Clarity. Nice. You know how we know our buddy Brian's a real one? This was pre the middle. Oh, yeah. Jimmy Eat World. When I was at your uh, live show, the ATM live show. Back the in ATM January. homecoming. Great time, by the way. You, you did a fantastic job. Oh, thank it you. was a really fun show. Come you, sit on my lap, baby. I'm not going to do that, but um, Jason Zumwalt, also there, fantastic. After the show, despite your your inability to ever promote this podcast. I got recognized by multiple, multiple uh, people. In the I crowd. looked over and there's Bob taking photos with fans of the throwback. Podcast. Who knew? Who knew? But uh, one of the guys, Mike, big Jimmy Eat world fan, handing out $5 for them to pick up cheeseburgers. No, I wasn't doing that. I was not doing that. <laughs> uh, but he was, thank he, you, daddy. Mike specifically asked us to do clarity because uh, Jimmy Eat world That's was his right. favorite band. So uh, this kind of counts. We I did. Think we just did we it. We just did. We just did it. All right. So I did. I did Miss Jackson. Uh, you know, I went into the realm of hip hop for the first time. <laughs> and now you're back in your. Got back into bed. And then pulled up the Sweet covers. Danny went and he's like, "Oh, I love classic rock. I think the Beatles are actually decent. I think people should give them a chance." <laughs> and now it's like, oh, I got to get back to my comfort zone of 2000, 2001. And uh, the lads from Scotland, Travis. You know, we always, for decades, have been giving our friend Mike, who was unable to join us in Cancun, we've given him, given him shit for including Turn My Head by Live on one of our mixes. <laughs> I feel like we should have given you a little shit for this. Oh, really? You mean the song with this chorus? Come on, you... Come on, Bob. You know I love Travis. You know I love this chorus. Come on, Bob. We saw Travis this summer. We never even talked about that on the pod. We saw Travis, uh, me, you, and your wife went on a lovely triple date. Triple together. date, yes. And uh, fuck, when they did turn, just screaming my brains out. It was so great. We had a really great concert year. We did. So many good shows. Uh, and Travis kind of topped it off. It was the first time. I've seen them every time they've come to L.A. in the last like 15 years or so. And it hasn't been many times. I saw them at the Troubadour, which is a... <laughs> I mean, I understand Travis is not huge in the States, but they played the Troubadour, which is a tiny room. Uh, And then I saw them play the Wiltern. And then where did we see it? We saw them downtown L.A. Yeah. Um, Was it the Belasco? 
No, that's where we saw Gangs of Youth. It was like right there. Yeah, it was a maybe a bigger place than that. The but Regency or something. It was like it was yeah. Uh, awesome. Yeah, it was they awesome. come here once every like eight years now. Uh, but yeah, I guess you could say it's a little melancholy. But I feel like it's such an uplifting chorus. I mean, I'm the guy that put on the eels, so I can't really give you too hard of a time. But <laughs> I just right. love. But by that the way, album. the right level of drunk listening to that song with our arms around each other. Or just playing asshole. Or playing asshole is what it was likely to happen. I, there was another game we played with like four piles. Four Kings, was it? Was that the name of or it? I can't kings. remember it. Yeah, something like that. That was a really fun one. We played a lot of card games. Um, all right. Oh, hang on. Hang on. Here we go. Next song. Oh, sorry. Great song, though. Great chorus. That's Travis's best chorus, by the way. In my opinion. Okay. One of the better anthemic choruses of the era by any band. I refer to Southern Hospitality by Ludacris, of course. Of course. Ludacris was so huge at this time. Let's listen to it. Check out the oil my Cadillac spills. Matter of fact, candy paint Cadillac kills. So check out the holes my Cadillac fills. 20 inch wide, 20 inch high. It's fine. Um, yeah, not his best work, but still guaranteed to be a big hit. Uh, up next, Bob, while we play, this is a Bob selection. Good one. Get it together. Beastie Boys and Q-Tip. Oh, one of my favorites. Let's talk about when you almost got arrested in Cancun. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that. So it was. So I guess as part of our thing, we had like the itinerary of like day one. You show we're going to this. We're like day fun. Yep. They're like, oh, sign me up. He said sign day me up. Fun. He said day fun. He said day fun. <laughs> Limo, Cancun, MTV, day fun. Day two, we're hitting up Senor Frogs and God knows what else. And then day three, Booze Cruise. So the Booze Cruise was like cruise. the big sell was like, you're going to get on this boat. You will fuck everything you and will everyone. Fuck everything and everyone. And go off to this island. Drinks are free all night long. You will fuck everything or everyone or your $424 back. So we get on this boat and drink our faces off. Do you remember? This is embarrassing. Do you remember what one of our go-to drinks was during this trip? It was red. Was Uh, it? Nope. Kamikaze? Nope. No, I don't. We were into Malibu and pineapple. Oh that was like our tropical. Bob, people are listening I know, to this. I know. That was like our tropical. We're in Mexico. Oh, my God. Yep. Let's get some. Wait, Mal- so the guys listening to the eels were listening. We're drinking like a sweet rum. We were still doing like. Yeager- Usually registered for 18 year old like we were- <laughs> freshman girls at the sorority house. We were still drinking beer in the room and doing Jaeger shots. But when we wanted to like be like we're in mexico rather oh, this than this is a tropical paradise. rather than getting a pina colada which would have been lame oh is that a trash barge floating by with a dead body <laughs> behind it Ooh, another malibu it wasn't even malibu it was off-brand off-brand malibu and pineapple oh how bad right so i just remember sucking those down on the boat and then we get to this island which was a floating trash barge i'm sure but by the time you land, you have no idea where you are. Or what's it was just like there. a bunch of white teenagers that had all fallen off into the water over the previous 18 months that had congealed into a mass. <laughs> yeah. And that's what we actually were on. Dead yep. white teens. Dead white teens. 
It's like Would, a gelatinous mass of dead white teens that no one went to look for. Yep. So by the time you get... I, here, I have very vague memories of what happens from here on out. But I remember I lost you guys immediately. Like, th- uh, there's a lot of losing each other. I remember getting on the island and losing you guys. We didn't lose each other. What, I, as I recall, because it gets real, it gets real. Um, we got off the boat and we all really had to use the restroom. Well, no, no, that, so I, I'm on the island. I'm not back yet. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm walking us through the entire trip. So we get on the island. Oh, right, right, right. We all lose each other and continue to drink at various... I can't even remember why we were on this island. There were like various bars throughout it, I guess. I don't even know. So... I remember there being a lot of like gift shops and stuff sure. like that. Yeah. Get back on the boat, continue drinking. And by the time we get back to the mainland... Oh, it was on the mainland. Yes, it was on the uh, mainland. By the time we get back to the mainland, the sun has gone down. It's nighttime. They okay. drop us off at this club... Like whatever the big club is, like we're getting off at a club, and we get all right. So I have no the gelatinous mass of dead white jeans. I don't remember anything about that. I have because I'm thinking of the mainland. I have one memory of that that I'm going to skip over, and then maybe we'll talk about it later. So we get back, and I everybody has to pee because there was like one bathroom on a boat, and some chode probably died in it on the way back. So it was like right. It was like oh, we're going to toss him into the bay, and then he'll become part of the gelatinous mass. (laughs) Exactly. So we get off the boat and there's this like club full of people and like god knows how long it would take to even find a bathroom and club then dead. club dead and then right to the side there's like this like shady little area where anybody can go pee behind some dumpsters well that's what you thought <laughs> me and like probably 15 or 20 other dudes ran right for the dumpster area right dumpster piss zone dumpster piss zone 2k1 it was literally the nicest area that we saw the whole time there so I run over there, I whip it out, and I start... You whip what out? It. Your dick? Well, how else do you pee, Dan? I mean, if you... (laughs) Whip it out. All right. I mean, if we're just going to tell the story here, we might as well just... Oh, yeah, I whipped out my schwanz over here now. Well, I mean, it's an important part of the story that I was exposed. I think people assume that you you took your penis out to Well, I didn't want to say I took my penis out to urinate. I figured whipped it out was a little cooler. Listen, I was drinking Malibu and pineapple. I'm trying to make this as cool as I can. You wanted to sound cool. Okay, I got (laughs) it. So I whip it out. I whipped it out. (laughs) I whip it out. Hey, that's a lot of work, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) I didn't. See, I mean, I didn't like make a thumping noise. I was like, I whipped it out. Bah, bah. Yeah, I didn't do that. Uh, and as I, uh, so I start peeing, and all of a sudden, almost immediately, someone grabs my arm, and I look up, and it's a. Hey, I'm holding my one-eyed snake over here. <laughs> what you want from me? It's a. It's an officer. It's a police officer, and uh, or he identifies himself as that. Who knows. And Policia. he starts pulling me towards <laughs> the barge, the barge, <laughs> the dead white barge. He starts like pulling me. So I, I tuck it back in as fast as I can. <laughs> well, that takes time. <laughs> you got to wrap it around your thigh. Tuck it back in. And as he's pulling me towards his police car, I'm saying, no, no, lo, lo siento. Lo siento. <laughs> All right. So, okay. That's where I come in, in that I... I'm sure I had to go too, or and maybe I did. I don't. You might have been. I mean, there were a lot of other people there, but I got my but arm grabbed. I remember. <laughs> I remember seeing it happen, where I looked up and then there you were, 
with this guy who said he was a cop right pulling you by the arm and then you in a uh, di- very distressed and I understand distraught sense saying lo siento lo siento lo siento literally the only Spanish I remembered at that point <laughs> and after, I, after like seven years of Spanish in high school and I uh, this I don't know I think you shook free from the guy and ran I did so what, right. I, what I ended up doing was lo siento lo siento I end up pulling my arm away and seeing the crowd right to my right or whatever and just bolting into the crowd of people right and removing my shirt that <laughs> being a part of it i immediately took my shirt off to not to help you know blend in with the locals <laughs> right every other guy is like literally jacked and on steroids <laughs> I tear it's my... like super hairy guy just like pulls his shirt off. <laughs> I tear my shirt off, weave through the crowd directly towards. Is that the, the guy from Road Trip? Directly towards the bathroom <laughs> where I had to where I finished peeing. So all he had to do was just meet me at the bathroom. Obviously, that's where I was going to go. But yeah, I got away. I escaped. Unbelievable! I made it out alive. Well, I remember. I remember. Um, oh, I thought the other thing I hated about uh, that character. In that monologue scene, he goes, I've always thought that I've been destined to be great or something. That really rubbed me the wrong way. I have said that before. That is. (laughs) Sweet. People have been telling me that my whole life, (laughs) believe it or not. Actually, people have been telling me that my whole life, believe it or not. When I was in the sixth grade, I got so worried about the escalating situation in Iraq that they put me on an adult dosage of Xanax. And by eighth grade, I think this is Todd Phillips speaking. This is his conduit. And the truth is, Weed is the only thing that could ever balance me out. Oh, he's the weed makes me normal. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, We'll get back to that. (laughs) Um, I remember when you broke away, we all sprinted. Oh, really? We all sprinted. And I I have a a very, like, um, vivid memory of running and all the gift shops being like, around and we're all just trying to get away uh-huh. or we're following you at that point. It just felt like a jailbreak. Right. <laughs> yeah. I didn't look back. I had no idea where you were. I didn't see you guys for the rest of the night. Like, Oh I, really? Yeah. So I left the bathroom, tried to find you guys at the club. I couldn't find you. I remember I got on a bus. I went to like another bar. I ended up like making out with a girl on, in the van trying to did find you? you. I did. And then Good for you, I mean, whatever. It was confusing and weird, and uh, she's she, like, "Oh, you're the guy who like risked it all." She's clearly making to bad. Take decisions. out your 14 inch. She's clearly making bad decisions. Sausage. Making out with some drunk idiot on a van trying to find his friends. Right? Don't you? Is this before or after Natalie Holloway? Huh? Natalie Holloway, before. Bermuda chick. No, I, yeah, yeah, disappeared. I know. I don't know when that was. Did I went. I, I didn't do it. You know, why, that's like. What why are you looking at me like that? Why are you looking at me? Definitely like that? a guilty guy response. What? Who? What? You never heard never. of him? No, she's in the sand. Who knows? Wait, what? All right, next song. Anyway, I'm glad you. <laughs> so didn't that was get my arrested. night. That was my night. But yeah. Lo Siento became an iconic, yeah, uh, turn of phrase within our friend group after that, uh, and it's great. This next song, Bob. Um, did you notice right after New Year's, Netflix just went off and dropped like seven, yes. 77 great movies? I did notice that. Um, one of the great movies they dropped was the Quentin Tarantino breakout film, Reservoir Dogs. Uh-huh. So I want to play something from that real quick. A very college movie for us. Come on, throw in a buck. Uh-uh, I don't tip. You don't tip? 
No, I don't believe in it. You don't believe in tipping? You know what these chicks make? They make shit. Don't give me that. She don't make enough money, she can quit. You know who does believe in fucking tipping? Goddamn Ed Qualcheck. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> she was a bitch. Does he have to keep saying she was a bitch, by the way? No. What is. Like, He's already made it clear. Not that I would ever question Ed um, with anything, really, in his life. Uh, certainly not anything off Throwing <laughs> Copper, which is the throwback album. Um, however. It's strange that it's if, if he said it in passing at one point in the lyric, <laughs> it comes right back to it. But the fact that he keeps on coming like back immediately to it. comes back to it. Everybody's good enough for some change. The girl's got family, she needs cash to buy aspirin for her pain. Everybody's good enough for some change. Some fucking change. Come on, never leave some change behind. She was a bitch. <laughs> I think he thought it was a little bit more it was gonna hit harder. Like she needs money to buy aspirin? Yeah, not I mean like, it's not that much money. Not diapers or like I think there was something there that could have hit that harder. Like anybody could don't afford aspirin. Question Ed. Okay. This is a pretty cool song. It's a great song. I mean it's not, but it is. Fucking yeah, 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 come on! <laughs> ba, 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 ba. Listen to the drums of this. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's a little like in living color. <laughs> How are we doing? Um, how are we doing with getting live back together? Have we made any inroads? I haven't personally, okay. but I've been very busy with football season. Right, right. I, I'm gonna definitely put some put some uh, uh, you know yeah 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 logs on the fire. On good, the good, good, because we need it. Uh, we talked about Outcast coming back for Coachella. Imagine live coming back for Coachella. Did you put the worst REM song in this mix? I did. Why? You put the KRS One song. I did. Off Out of Time. Yeah, this? I did do that. I hate this song. Me too. And I love REM. I know. Like I like this part. This is a this song has a couple of cool parts oh, and yep. and then some unconscionable. Let me get back into my headspace in two thousand one. This was a newer song for me. When I got to the house and I called you out, I could tell you. You know, I wanted to I wanted to make sure I wanted to make sure Greg wasn't the only one putting on hip hop, so I got this down. You know, KRS One also famously had very disparaging, dismissive things to say about 9-11. Yes. About of Tuesday. Of course. So perhaps... Hmm. Well, this is pre- I don't know who goes on the board there. This I don't is pre-twos. Pre-twos. Yeah, but we, we say the same thing about Bono with 
All That You Can't Leave Behind. No, no, that was he, pre-twos. No, no, he released the album pre-twos, but he knew what he was doing. You as a consumer didn't know what he was doing. How can you... I'm saying I'm innocent here. Right. You were innocent in Mexico. I'm only guilty of uh, putting a shitty song on the mix. Oh, that part's so bad. And, like, the thing that people might not realize is the song right after this is Losing My Religion. Yeah. Crazy. We don't have to listen anymore. No, we don't. It's so bad. Turn it off! Literally. Like, this song comes on after it. No, I think I, like, had just found... (laughs) Or rediscovered that song in college and, you know, via LimeWire or whatever and was like, cool. Like, why didn't the album start like this? <laughs> like. Right. But you know what? Like, here's the thing about R.E.M. That was pointed. Like, let's put the rapper on it. We want to make people think, oh, we can't put this band in a box. Sometimes bands overthink things. Sometimes it's okay to be in a box. Sometimes. All right. Uh, My Life in the Knife Trade by Boys Set Fire. We're now moving into disc two. Um, Oh, this is interesting. Well, the problem was it wasn't interesting. Go let it out. Okay. How about that? I mean, we had to have some Oasis on here. Yeah, let's listen to a little Go Let It Out. Yeah. Try to click with what you got. Taste every potion. Cause if you like yourself a lot, go let it out. Go let it in. And go let it out. Tickle the bass. Life is precocious in the most peculiar way. I think even as like a like die hard Oasis fan, this was the first song where I was like singing along to it and I'm like, none of this means anything. Right. <laughs> what? Yeah. Like it reached a point where it was like, uh oh, wait a second. Like on the last album it was kinda in the you know, what's the story, it was kinda maybe it didn't make a ton of sense, but it, it all sounded really great. Yeah. And then this album, this song, it's like, listen to these lyrics. Like, you think, do you think Liam Gallagher, hear the lyrics, you ready? I mean, I don't know what Liam Gallagher's IQ is. I don't want to say he's a stupid guy, but he's certainly not the deepest thinker. (laughs) I don't know, man. You clearly don't follow him on Twitter. And Noel wrote him these lyrics. Is it any wonder why princes and kings are clowns that caper in their sawdust rings? Okay. Ordinary people that are like you and me were the keepers of their destiny. What the fuck are we talking about, Noel? <laughs> So many drugs. So many drugs. No, but this is when he like got sober, which is why that album. This is sober. Standing on the shoulder of giants is kind of a, in part. I mean, I know about, it's not like the cocaine album, but they're sober here. He, I mean, he is. Wow. This is after he got off the coke and was having like one of the good songs on, and it's not a great album, but Gas Panic is a pretty cool song. Yeah. It's about him having anxiety attacks after quitting doing drugs. I always thought this was a. 
there was like a life and energy to this song that was missing on almost everything else on this album. See, I like Sunday Morning Call. I always like that one. It's cool. Do you know what's interesting? I read recently that Noel said it's his least favorite song he ever wrote. Really? And I... I understand what he means. It's that like, was like one that, of my going to sleep songs in college. That is some sad bastard shit. It is sad bastard shit. Yeah. Nothing wrong with being a sad bastard. Yeah, but that one just is kind of a real, It doesn't fit it the moans. full... Yeah, I, I get that. It drags. I liked it when I like it came it, out. Though. I liked it. Fuck that. <laughs> Greg's back. <laughs> This is Capone and Noriega featuring Foxy Brown. Bang, D- Dan, bang. Stop yelling in the background and let the song start. <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs> oh, no. There's very aggressive edge to some of these uh, bangers. <laughs> It's so, it's, it's so funny to be so fucking angry, so fucking like fuck every fuck you, fuck you, and then go bang, 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 bang. <laughs> There's a definitely a, a theme in some of these songs. Um, a lot of them are like I, I've noticed on this playlist, especially a lot of just like na- running narratives of assault. Right. Yeah. 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 Deadly assault. <laughs> um, which is naturally followed. Uh, the pew, 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 <laughs> pew, 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 pew. The coolest dudes in Cancun. Yes. See, and ultimately, I'm glad this is here. Ultimately, this is the spring break I wanted. I wanted Huey Lewis spring break. Right. I think that's what we all want. I think that's life. what we wanted. Like when, forget about like the 90s spring breaks that we would see on TV. I wanted like those Oh, 80s. I would have taken that also. I would have taken that. I wanted, but I really wanted 80s spring break. Yeah. I wanted like long butt bikinis, fucking... The, the butts are so long. Mullets and big old dumb sunglasses on the dudes. Hairy chests for obvious reasons. That's like, like we're talking... Long butts where the bikini briefs could cover giant stadium. Yes. End zone to end zone. Yes. Big hair, long butts, and just like no muscles. Just like a guy that's like kind of skinny is considered muscular because you could right. see like one vein. That's the fucking spring break. Yeah. Sunglasses with the rope in the back to make sure they don't fall off. It's not clear to me who put this song on the mix. It's, I would have guessed it was me, but it, it's in the slot that would be you. Yeah, it could be me. So I think it was you. Well, this is kind of like, this is one of our songs, me and you, so it makes sense that I would put this Well, this there. was us. We were ahead of the, the 80s nostalgia yeah, curve. Yeah. Um, this was, we were in on the 80s nostalgia curve before really anyone else we knew. That is true. So it makes sense that we would put an 80s song that on was one of our That was one of our karaoke duets that we would do back in the day. Oh, that's yeah. cute. Yeah. Uh, this is Mephisto Strung Out by Brian. And it's disc two, which gave me a lane. So of course. <laughs> oh, we're back. <laughs> he got in and it's kind of cute. I was so happy. <laughs> I understand it was annoying. You had your captive audience so that couldn't sweet. leave. Couldn't leave in the middle of a game of assholes. I was so, so like, just oh, proud. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> 
I still like that song. I love Walk On. I the one thing that you could say about this album, it you could say it was a little calculated. It's like, oh, look at this, like they're trying so hard to be popular again. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. That that's like easier said than done. Like yeah. bands try that shit oh, all the time. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. oh, we're going back to like what the fans are into, like and then they try to make that album and it, right. it's shit. They did pull it off. They pulled it off. And, you know, everything else after this, I it only took It only took 3,000 lives, but they pulled it <laughs> off. <laughs> Are you ready for the biggest, um, like, whiplash of the entire mix? So, <laughs> yes. so you have Bono singing about, like, some woman that's been imprisoned and needs to be freed. I think she was actually released, and then it turned out she was crooked. Oh, no. But do your Wikipedia research if you wish. Right after that is the dirtiest song that's literally ever been written. I noticed that for the first time ever today. Nas says, ladies make it hot. But then in the hyper-masculine world of hip-hop, he even says, hey, thugs, make it hot. Okay. That's when you know the song's going to be disgusting <laughs> oh yes I'm gonna send you the lyrics to the song about okay Till six in the morning, oh, it's for Uchi. Oh, you ain't know how many O's in the bankroll. Sort of like the game show. Who wants to be a millionaire? But my name ain't Regis. Nah, the one they call when they want their thing beat up. Honey's for bodies, he breaks guns in the party. I like any hip hop song that has a Who Wants to Be a Millionaire reference. Oh, I mean, this is peak millionaire. Of course. I mean, that and Nelly being excited to be on a plane with Vanna White are two of my favorite things in hip hop. Right. It's like, if you're first class, Vanna White's going to be there. Did you send me the lyrics? Yep. Get ready. Uchi Wally Wally, Uchi Bang Bang, Uchi Wally Wally, Uchi Bang Bang, Uchi. Great song. That's a great party song. Great party song. We love that song. But, um,. But again, sometimes, especially in the world of hip-hop, they will dress up a song sonically for you not to understand the true art. I think you accidentally sent it to your son's teacher because I haven't received it yet. (laughs) I think Jack is going to have a very awkward meeting at school tomorrow. Um, are you are you trying to get it to buffoon Mr. six six? You're trying to get it to buffoon <laughs> six six eight. What's happening here? Um, I saw your text to me about how you want to my long dick stretch your insides. <laughs> oh no, that's not going to go over well. Um, you should be getting it. In fact, you should already. <laughs> I, I have should it. just Google it. I think. Yeah, I mean, it says sent. It says delivered, Bob. All right. Do you have a phone there? I'm sure it landed on your phone at the very least. At the very least, let's see. And while you're doing that, I will get you ready here. All right, I'm ready. Yeah, what up, Ma? Take a look, you hypnotized. Oh, how my long dick stretch your insides. For real, Ma. 
with your thick lips and thick thighs? Stoke both holes. Pass it to Nas. Or pass it to Nash. Or pass it to Jung. Or pass it to Horse. Then that ass getting tossed. So the guy named Horse is a problem. Fuck a hustler book. Penthouse or Blacktail. I got bitches sending my N-words flicks in jail. I fuck a bitch face more than her waist for real. And ain't no pussy like new pussy. That's how. A word I can't say feels. Bust three times, throw her the peace sign. Oh, that's nice. Three times is nice. She sleep, then my dick sleek. And I ain't got a collar for weeks. Long leg hose, mohead hose, married bitches. Me and my dog fucking them both. They got a switchin'. Is the N-word gangsta? Yeah, that's how I'm living. That's how I'm playing. I got these freak fucking hoes singing. That's fun. That's fun to do. <laughs> See, it's the art that sometimes gets buried in yeah. the party. I mean, really disrespecting those women, Nas. Not okay. Very, their friend group, very big on uh, group sex. Like, we're good friends, and we went to Cancun with our good friends, plus sure. Insanity. There was, there was, first of all, no horse there. No. That I know of. We didn't do any of those things that Nas was talking about. I also think, it. not that we ever had, let me think. No, not that we ever really even had the opportunity, Bob, to be like, you know, hey, let's uh, let's share this person. Um, but I don't think we would do that. Even I don't if it was so. something, it just it feels like something that just is a little bit out of our comfort zone. But certainly not for Nas and the Brave Hearts. <laughs> and then right after that song comes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I mean, and this is this song's about the same thing, right? <laughs> it's about Adam Durant's fucking every blonde in Omaha. Um, Bob, I mean, I put turn on it, but you put on a non-album. This is me. August and everything after track. This is me. Oh, it's you. Oh, right. I love it. I mean, it's a beautiful song. I love it. I wonder if I was thinking like disc it's funny two, that it's on this mix. Disc two, the morning <laughs> after. We're just kind of waking up. It's a good song for the daytime. Yeah. Uh, all right. I put on another uh, hip hop song. Wow. Look oh, nice. Me. This is Drug Ballad Less, by Eminem. I mean, it's Eminem, so not as much credit. We've talked about this. We did the Marshall Mathers AP, LP. Yeah. Uh, check it out. Um Buddy Greg, who maybe he, even Greg as a 20-year-old, realized he crossed the line with Uchiwali remix uh, with Nas featuring the Brayhearts, so he put on a Ja Rule love song. <laughs> uh, put it on me. You can't, you can't fault him too hard, though, because Ja Rule was huge in 03. Right, but, I mean, how did that happen? And this song is still harder than half the things we put on. It's harder than Omaha. I don't get, I never got, Ja Rule had some great 
like kind of uh, great is not the word, but he had some really popular songs that I was cool with that featured like women on the hook, like J Lo, Ashante. He had a couple huge hits after this, right? With women, yeah. Um, but he's a bad, like he's bad at rapping. He's a <laughs> he, bad rapper. He is bad at rapping. That is undeniable. Um. All right. Let's see. We're coming to the end now, Bob. This one I feel very, I feel like I was ahead of the female empowerment movement of the 21st century by putting on a late period Madonna single. Still really like this. You were so into late period Madonna. I think she really did a lot of good stuff, like Ray of Light through this album. Are you gonna go see her in tour that she's she's coming around? I would see if if everything fell into the exact right place, yeah. yes, I would. Is uh, it an arena tour or a stadium show? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't look that deep. Yeah. Here's a good course. Here we go. Good job by Madonna. Like, she was in her 40s at this point, and it was like Britney and Christina, everyone basically had taken mm-hmm. her lane. Britney and, and Christina, who she was just a couple of years away from making out with. Right. And like, desperately. Poor Christina. Right. Nobody remembers that Christina was even part of the Except nope. for you. Except for me. You were just like a dirty perv for Christina. Not dirty perv. Like, we had a connection. There's another imaginary connection. Yeah. We're just talking about Beyonce. Even This is even more imaginary because I've never met her. <laughs> um, but like to Madonna's credit, she like kept working with the right people and she had more bangs. She had more hits. I always like this song. Check it out. Don't tell me. Or don't. I don't give what a are shit. you? Uh, what are your like big memories of the Cancun trip? Um, Aside from Dale Earnhardt. Honestly. Um, me almost getting arrested. I had like orange Oakleys, Folkleys that I wore. Yeah. Um, I remember Vinsanity, um, the stranger that we were like kind of hanging out with, um, being nuts and destructive. Yeah. I remember having a terrible, terrible canker sore Ooh. in my mouth hey. that made just basic stuff difficult. Certainly the idea of making out with a woman uh, or uh, a fellow college student was not <laughs> something that was in play. With the amount of pain I was in in my mouth, I remember a, a, a young, a local um, Mexican girl working at the local yogurt stand who was was it like the second to last day, and we were having lunch at some like food court type place. Okay, I kind of remember that. And the the girl, and this was a phase of my life where I just had zero game or confidence with women. Her talking to her friend and looking at me and smiling and being like. Oh, yeah. She's so cute. But there was nothing to do. The trip was basically over. Yeah. Even if there was time, I wouldn't have been able to process it. Yeah. Um, and I did have a nice run with Latina women at that time in my life. That was, you were you were big in the Latina community. So maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it was like Ja Rule and me. It's like, <laughs> like huge. Um, and that's about it. I remember you almost getting arrested. Right. Um, I remember 
six Coronas for six bucks on the beach in the bucket. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, See, I remember that because we met my friends Jillian and Katie and Melissa. We went to their nicer hotel. Right. And we, we no, hold, I don't remember that. You don't remember? We were at the beach there, and that's where they had the $6. Ah. Yeah. But... And then, of course, I remember, like, the fun times in the hotel room. I remember Dale Earnhardt dying and us taking all the photos of Dale Earnhardt out of the SI and taping them all over the wall Yeah. in a, uh, you know, a, kind of the type of humor that uh, has led to us talking about Tuesday for seven years on this same podcast. Same deal. Same exact kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, hanging out together, having a good time. And uh, I remember putting More Than a Feeling by Boston on a playlist in 2001. I'm glad we got to go through that song, <laughs> listening to it without talking about Mystical. That's a good thing. Right, uh, being a serial rapist. Right, monster. Um, um, okay. So that's what I kind of... And I do remember, like, not to tie it up too neatly, I remember listening to these CDs. Yeah. And, like, that being one of my favorite parts of the trip. Just, like, playing asshole, listening to these, this music on these great speakers, yep. and kind of, like, you know enjoying that part of it more than like now we're going to go to this club and like now we're going to watch like the local like there was these little local guys I remember this too like using the portable cameras and taking photos underneath the girl's skirts yeah. and running away oh, it was so it was so gross um i don't remember anything like overly pleasant about the beats that we went through that we signed up for it's for 170 bucks right exactly yeah, I remember I remember going to down the beach to see my friends from Towson and we were hanging out there. And then do you remember going to a wet teacher contest and seeing a girl from our high school? Oh, I do remember that. There we go. That was a very random, crazy Did she see us? Yes, and then afterwards she saw us and she was very embarrassed. Um Yeah. It was I you know, at the risk of uh seeming uh gross. Like, it was the type of girl that you would have wanted to see in yes. that. Like, she was known in those circles. <laughs> yes, in those circles. For someone that might succeed in that type of contest. So it was a little bit trippy that all of a sudden there she was. Yeah. Yeah, that was insane. But I, I remember it was uncomfortable for everyone involved. Totally uncomfortable for everyone involved. It wasn't like we we sought her out after. We'd be no. Like, great job out there. It was like, she's probably, she's probably thinking, are you fucking kidding me? Right. I I'm in a, another country. I took my top off in front of a bunch of strangers, and there's four idiots from my high school. I'm literally 3,000 miles <laughs> away from my tiny hometown. Yeah. And those losers <laughs> from the grade above me yeah. were watching it. Yep. I feel like not we were, our fault. We, we were, were passively watching it, too. It wasn't like we right. were like in the front line. We were not in the front row. Yeah. We were far. We were far back. See, even the you would think like... After years of like watching movies and TV about wet t-shirt contests, I would remember how amazing that was to be at one. I right. That's not how I remember. Not at all, yeah. I think like, again, like the MTV, like what you were sold in terms of what spring break is, it's secondary to like those moments of like hanging out, right. walking on the beach, being idiots on the street together, like being able to drink on the street. I remember things like that with you guys versus like when you get to a club and it's loud and you're all separated and you're like, you know, trying to find girls like just grinding into the backs of girls just <laughs> right. fucking yeah with a bad canker sore in your mouth i could tell you where it was too well we have eight minutes of the best song ever so you might as well get into the details what a move bob that you put 
an eight minute, 43 second Stone Cold classic on a mix where we only had 80 minutes to play with. It's my world. And I know how we were at that time. That was definitely like, hey, I'm going to do one less song so I could double up. Yeah. To cover or. For sure. And well worth it. There's a, for a podcast that's for people that were born in exactly 1980, of that group, there's a very probably warm feeling hearing this song. I hope so. Yeah. Especially, maybe if it's a, I don't know if it was an East Coast college thing or maybe it was everywhere. But this song definitely is, this is a time and a place. Here we go. Who's up for game two? Like, there's a there's a significant portion of our audience, Bob, that's overseas listeners. Yeah. Like, do you think any of them no. have ever even heard of this? Song? I doubt it. I doubt it. But three of like my five greatest college memories are scored by the song. Like, it's just it was one of those songs where I have so many great memories that come with it because it was just one of these college party frat house type songs. Like, I would I remember- say it's like quintessential like American college rock of the turn of the century. And it's, it seems like, it, I don't think it's a song that people that went to college five years after us knew. Never. No, no. And certainly if you didn't grow up in this country, like you probably don't know the song, but if you were in that area and you were a young person. I remember, yeah, I remember going to Bucknell to visit our friend Chrissy and this song was playing at like a frat house in the basement as we were playing beer pong and it was like a crazy version of beer pong where you're like running around playing beer pong and... Uh, just like being drunk and fun. And then when I got back to Towson, I was like, have you guys heard the song? And then all of a sudden the song was everywhere. It felt like, right. It was just but like, do you think all this of a song sudden was even, if you were a high school kid, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. And if you were, if you were in your thirties or whatever, I don't think it had a, I think it was like for a specific, um, demographic that we just happen to be right in. Well, like the band dispatch, like, I don't even know who they are. But everybody says right. Dispatch OAR. But for people like our friend Jane, who listens to the pod from Pearl River, she's like a huge Dispatch fan. And same age as us, went to a college where like that was the big band. So I don't know. I think it's like a very specific time and place thing. Like you about said. to get white as fuck. Here we go. Sorry, England. <laughs> How about that? Australia's actually like... It's pretty good. Pretty good, Mike. Mike? Uh, our friend Howie, me and Howie both loved OAR. And, yes. Uh, we both Howie, loved... Howie went to multiple OAR Oh, concerts. yeah. We went to several together. Uh, we both loved OAR. And Howie's roommate, Pat. Patty Byrne. Patty Byrne was a big fan of another band around the same time called Maroon 5. So there was a little rivalry in like 02 between me and Howie and Pat, where it's like, who's better, OAR or Maroon 5? 
Like everyone lost. Who's going to be? <laughs> it's true. Every, for a while, it felt like we lost, but ultimately, we all lost. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Maroon, people don't realize that the first, like, Maroon 5 album wasn't... Right. Schlock. Like, we didn't know... It wasn't good, necessarily, but we didn't know the evil... Right, that was coming. That it, 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 it was... Yeah, it got yeah. them in the building. So this song's only halfway over. But um, anyway, so that is the Cancun Double Nicks, Bob, in 100 minutes. We did it. We've talked about doing this since we started the podcast. Like, I think when we went into HeadGum, we talked about doing this episode. And we did it. And I'm glad we did. And now what, Bob? Can we say goodbye? That's two hours and 35 minutes of music, Bob. 38 songs, 38 tracks. Are we going to put the entire thing up on Spotify? Should we delete... Should we just delete the throwback playlist and just make this the new throwback playlist? <laughs> With no explanation? Yeah. We might have to. Uh, no, I think Imagine we Imagine the outcry, Bob. Oh, no. I mean, I, you know what? Our Spotify playlist is way more successful than our podcast, I think. Good. Yeah, it's great. But we do have to pick a song don't give a shit. to put on. I know you don't. Yeah. Nobody thinks you do. Don't okay, worry about good. it. I you just, don't have to say, We are all well aware that you do not give a shit. We are gonna have that, to- that walk on Uchiwali Omaha uh, <laughs> <laughs> triple enter. Just, That's amazing. That just gets me. I love it. Uh, what was what was right before that though? Like where was live? Was live in that area too? Um, <laughs> waitress. No, we had a uh, okay. a waitress radio song back to back there okay. by uh, REM. Well, before we pick a song, impossibly to put on the throwback podcast playlist, we got to thank our Patreones over at patreon.com slash throwback pod thank you guys for letting us uh, relive our youth isn't that isn't that amazing bob that we've been doing this all this time and and people have hung around it's crazy to me that people have hung around we appreciate you guys hanging around with our erratic up and down schedule and lives but i mean know, up and down shows as well it's, oh for it's, sure you know. we do have a we do have a plan to keep doing this for a little bit so hopefully we can stick to our plan we'll try We'll do our best. I mean, I'll do my best, and I'll make Dan do his least. That is that, still his best. Even least is something. It's something. So. Right. Who are some of those Patronis, by the way? Let's thank our top-tier Patronis, including Courtney and Wyatt. Love them. They're the best. Thank you guys for supporting us. Uh, Miles. Miles. We've got to thank Matthew and Bruno, the sponsor, who are on a bus together. I mean, I'm sure Matthew's fine. Matthew and Bruno, the sponsor. Bruno, if you're out there, buddy. Bruno's out there. He's doing okay. On a transistor radio. Just don't eat the red berry. Do not <laughs> eat the red berry. Anything else, Bob? No, just thank you to everybody. Uh, go to... Uh, Twitter.com slash throwback pod will post these uh, playlists in full. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. As well as our throwback podcast playlist. I think these Beatles have a chance. That is a thought you had. <laughs> um, so many episodes we've done, Bob. Oh, this Matthew, is one of them. I just found Matthew's message. He's an Eagles fan, by the way. That's the only thing we know. Well, we, we do not want to uh, put this taping in a moment in time. So either congratulations on the Super Bowl win or tough loss right. in the playoffs. Yes. One of those two things happened. All right. What are we going to put on the playlist? 
Well, this is a tough one. I mean, this obviously. A, I mean, I don't I, even know how to narrow it down. It's, 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 is Sucked Out on the playlist already? It could be. I kind of feel like it is. I think it is. We might want to do, yeah, we might want to look yeah, into I'll, that. Yeah, I'll look into that right now. Because that song just, every it all every time I hear it, it just, I mean, it represents the throwback in so many ways. It does. It doesn't represent spring break so much, but. How about. Ooh. All right. Yeah. Um, how about. <laughs> All right, we get it. I mean, she All right, dude, just calm down. Pleasant. Not everybody's perfect. Uh, what about. <laughs> I, I like I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like where your head's at. These guys have a chance. <laughs> Super drag, not on the playlist. Interesting. How about a song with no chorus? All right, stop it. It's a good <laughs> song. Uh, it's not on there. Well, should we just not overthink it then, Bob? No, I think we should do Outcast. I think that's the right call because that was m- way more okay. 2001 pre twos. Spring break. Okay. We don't okay. And I mean this if we're if we're a podcast for people born in exactly nineteen eighty. Yeah, <laughs> Or this. <laughs> Fellas, make it hot. Fellas, you can be hot too. It's kind of empowering. It is hot. It's hot uh, that he's saying that. All right. Nas is like, uh, that's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking kill you. All right, I would say uh, Miss Jackson is a, a masterpiece. Yep. It, it captures a place in time. Yep. It, it makes our playlist cooler. It does. So why don't we do that? Love it. We're not it's above the right call. posturing for the cool kids at Table A. I mean, we drink Malibu and pineapple. We're cool. Uh, thank you to everybody for listening. Yes, check out Throwback Pod on Twitter. We're on Instagram also, and if you want to email Bob about just a horrific aspect of your life that you don't feel comfortable sharing with anyone else, thethrowbackpod at gmail.com. Uh, Is that even right? Uh, yes. Also, uh, let's thank Brian and Greg for their contributions to this episode. You and are a class act, sir. For our decades of friendship. And I want to thank... Um, Can't top that. I just thanked our buddies. Yeah. Ruben Carter of um, Road Trip. That character. Maybe he deserves a little more credit. You're never going to give him any credit. <laughs> He's terrible. He's not as bad as you think. Tom Green. Now, that was a character in that film. Uh, how he, felt, he fed the snake. All right. That's enough. Uh, that's enough. <laughs> all right. Till next time. Go for a hook, you say. Spring break! Lo siento! Spring break!